This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Once you get your Bible, go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and I just, on a daily basis, I'm, I'm, I'm reading things in books just to really, really strengthen my faith, and so... Uh, some of the things the Lord has been having me do in this, this area in my own personal life. I'm going to share some of that with us tonight. But we begin in, in Hebrews 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Now, he wouldn't warn us to, this, this could happen if it wasn't possible. But when he says, don't cast away your confidence... It's literally stated, don't, don't cast away your confidence or your trust in God. Don't, don't let it go. Hang on to it. Grab a hold of it. Why? Which has great reward. Which has great reward. Now Hebrews 10.23 says, He who promised is faithful. Talking about God. And so the very promises that God has promised us with, those are his rewards. And you'll see this word reward play out in a couple verses uh, following this. But the only way that I walk in these rewards and these blessings is i got to hang on to my confidence. That God's going to do what he said he's going to do. Verse 36. For you have need of endurance, perseverance, steadfastness, the uh, the capacity to bear up under difficult circumstances, to actively resist weariness. Now, I would be willing to bet right now with some of those definitions of endurance, we all fall into one of those categories right now. How many of you are in great battles right now? How many of you feel weary right now? How many of you say, man, I could use a double dose of perseverance? And so when he talks about endurance, think about this in this set, that the Christian walk is a marathon. It's day by day by day by day. And I I believe this, that in uh, Ephesians 6.10, the Lord said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I'm going to tell you, there's many, many, many days right now when I begin to grow weary that I say, Father God, grace me today with your strength. Grace me today to live for you. Grace me today. And again, he said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. And if you go back to Joshua 1, that was one of the two things that he said to Joshua. He said, listen, Joshua, be strong and good courage. And so it tells me again there that, that Joshua, these great men of God, they had the opportunity to lose their confidence too. And so don't be be afraid to step out and say, Lord, I welcome your strength today. He goes on to say, so that after, not before, but after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And so now you begin to see, God wants you to receive the promises. That's his design. Verse 37, for yet a little while, And he who is coming will come and not tarry. Now this is talking about the second coming of the Lord. He's going to come. 
Just as he promised, that day's going to happen. Verse 38, now, now, the just shall live by faith. Now, if you notice the word now, it's present tense. Right now, the just shall live by faith. If you'll note there, he didn't say, when you get to heaven. Listen, when we get to heaven, you're not going to need to live by faith. You know why? You're going to be around Jesus every day, face to face. And we're going to go to a place called paradise. And so you're not going to have to believe God in that sense. But as long as I'm on this earth, I'm going to have to believe God. So now, now, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, if anyone turns and runs, listen to this. My soul has no pleasure in him. Quite a statement. If I draw back from the things of God, if I begin to run the things from God, if I turn my back on him, he said specifically, I have no pleasure in him. So now you begin to see a little bit more of why that word endurance comes into play. Keep running. Keep running the race that's set before us. Hebrews 12, 2, looking into Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. He goes on to say, verse 39, now this is a strong verse. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. The word perdition means to destruction. So when a person cuts and runs or turns away from the things of God, he's going back to a life of destruction. Now, as, as a pastor, there's times when I begin to see people where they begin to drift from the things of God and they start running from the things of God. Man, you begin to settle in your heart and begin to pray for them and you begin to stand because when you read this, this passage or this stuff will break your heart. And so he says, but we're not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Those who literally, literally trust God with everything they have. So when we begin to look at this, it's if the Lord is telling us there's, there's two roads. And it's like there's a fork in the road. And I'm either going to be sold out to God or I draw back from the things of God. So when I begin to look at this passage here, it's literally Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, where it says there's two roads. There's one road that's wide. And many, 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 many are on it, but it's the road that leads to destruction. But there's another road called the narrow road, and it said few are on it. It's difficult, but it's the road that leads to life. And it becomes a great choice. So right here when you begin to see this, man, when you're tempted to give up and you're tempted to falter, I believe that's where you dig in unlike any other time. It's, and I'm going I'm to hang on to the things of God. I'm going to grasp a hold of the things of God. Now, we jump into Hebrews 11. You know, there's only two chapters in the Bible that God uses an entire chapter to explain the thing that's in that chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, the whole chapter is about love. Read it. 
And Hebrews 11, the whole chapter is about faith. So I begin to look at this right here, and the thought began to come to me, you know, and I'll, I'll use some analogies just to the thinking process the Lord put in me. If you were wanting to be a, a great quarterback, you would study the great quarterbacks of all times. You would get around a great quarterback coach that would give you the, the fundamentals of how to throw a football. Same with baseball, pitching, batting. It would be the same as if you wanted to be a great guitar player. You'd say, man, i got to study these guys. i got to get around the best ones to learn it. Well, if you want to be a great person of faith, you've got to get into Hebrews 11. You've got to marinate in it. You've got to soak it. You've got to begin to read it. So what I begin to do in my, my daily reading, I'm in the process right now of I read this, Numerous times, over and over and over in a day. Numerous times. And the more I begin to read this, I'm telling you, the, the, the faith begins to soak me and saturate me. And God gives us great examples, not only with what He expects us as human beings to be in faith, but He gives us people that have walked this out. Now, we're going to start in verse number 1. And it says... Now faith, there it is again, now. Now, present tense. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I begin to look at this for years of my life, and I say, okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I've got to identify what is the substance. The substance to me is the Word of God. That's, that's the promises. That's everything that God says He is. But, but when I begin to look at the word substance, one of the Greek meanings says, it's your title deed. So faith is the title deed of what I'm hoping for. So when I begin to break this down, to even to help myself understand it, I had to say, okay. When I begin to read the Word of God, those promises to me, that's my title deed. And, and to help us to understand that a little bit, you know, when you buy a car, if you don't pay cash for it and you have to pay it out month by month by month, by, and finally you pay it off, then they say, come in here. Come in here, Mr. Worth. Here's your title deed. And so when you get that title deed, you know what it says? It's mine. I owe it. Nobody can take it from me. That's the Word of God. That anytime I find scriptures in the Bible, that becomes my title deed. No one can take that away from you unless you allow it. And so the title deed is more of, it's the validity that says, there it is. It's the confirmation. He goes on to say, the evidence of things not seen. Now to me, that's kind of a, a crazy sentence. How can there be evidence when you cannot see it? Well, let me ask you something. How many of you around here believe in the wind? How many of you have ever seen the wind? I've never seen the wind. I've seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. 
So again, just because I can't see something with the natural eye doesn't mean it's not real. Here's a better one for you. How many have ever seen Jesus face to face? I've never seen him face to face yet, and I'm not against it. But I still believe in him. How do I believe in him? Because the Word of God. So the more that I study the Word of God, the more that I begin to know God and I begin to know Jesus. And so every bit of this that we're talking about right here is based on the Word of God. That, that, uh, the confirmation, the title deed. And so the beginning of the Word of God is you got to believe that God is who He says He is. That's the beginning point. That's how you get saved. You believe that God sent a son. So the starting point is, I believe God is who he says he is. But the, the point that keeps going, not the ending point, but the point that keeps going is, do I believe that God will do what he says he'll do? So now we go into a whole different ball game. Now look at with uh, verse number 6. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Now, I would venture to say, every one of us in here, we want to please Him. But the only way I can please Him is by faith. And so every time I read this, i got to have the thought, and Lord, i, I got to have faith. Whew, I, got you. I need you to grace my faith. I need you to strengthen my faith. I need to know you more. I need to trust you more. So keep going here with me when we look at this. But without faith... It's impossible to please him. Now watch the next part. For he who comes to God must believe. Must trust him. Even though I've never seen God. Now I want you to hold fast to that right there. I must believe. I must learn to trust him. Now, here's the interesting point of that statement, you must believe. James 2.19 says, even the devils believe in God. So now, we got to go past that. It's one thing to believe that God is who he says he is, but it's another thing to believe that God will do what he says he'll do. So he says here, he who, who comes to God must believe that he is. He is what? He's a rewarder of who? Those who diligently seek him. So I begin to look at all this. And when you begin to look at faith, faith is a direct relationship to God. To who God says he is. So the more that I know about God, the more I'll trust God. The more I read and study about God, the more I'll trust God. Now, if you want to hold your finger there with me, you can. I'm going to go to the book of Hosea, chapter number 4. And I just want to read two parts, or two verses in this. And it's right after the book of Daniel. Ezekiel, then Daniel, then Hosea. And he says something in here. So... The, the more knowledge I get about the Word of God, the more I'll know God. Because the word knowledge is rooted in know. So you want to have greater faith, you got to get more knowledge. Now watch what the prophet Hosea said. 
This is Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. And so he begins to make these, these uh, claims against the people. He said, there's no knowledge of God. So without knowledge of God, and you saw right there, they don't want to hear the word. You're not going to have any faith. So the more knowledge I get about God, the more I know God. And the more I know God, the more I act on God. It's kind of like in your relationship with, with your spouse. The more you know them, the more you see their real heart. Same chapter. Verse number 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. Now, you see something right there. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So I've got to, got to, got to get in the Word and i got to get knowledge, and i got to keep getting knowledge, just like he said. And so we begin to see something here. That the more I begin to learn about God, the more I realize God's a rewarder. I want you to hold that thought just for a second. So I begin to look at all this that, that he's talking about right here. And I've been around ministers that go all over the world. Been around missionaries. Actually, uh, Arlen and Betty's son-in-law and daughter, they're missionaries in Guatemala. They're going to speak next week for a little bit. But I was even around Tony and Carrie not long ago, and they were telling me about the, the miracles, the healings, the deliverance they see in Guatemala. And I get around other ministers, and they'll begin to talk about the miracles they see in third world countries, in primitive areas. They'll say, man, we've seen God do this, 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 and this, and this, and then this. But in America, we haven't seen those things like that. And a lot of times, people or even believers will say, well, I, I don't know why we don't see these things in America. Why doesn't God do these things? Now, where I'm going with this is he said, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I begin to look at this, and I thought, well, in our society... We're great in the area of technology. We're, in the great, uh, we're great in the areas of modern communication. Man, we've, we've advanced in the radio. We've advanced in the TV. We now come to a place called the Internet. We come to a place called cell phones. Where are you going with this, Pastor? What I found out of both those things I just mentioned, we all have time for those. We make time for those. Actually, a lot of us in this room, we're pretty knowledgeable of what about we can do on a cell phone. We're pretty knowledgeable about finding things on the internet. Why? Because we've spent the time there. It was priority. But when it comes to the knowledge of God, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I got other things to do, but it's interesting right here. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God, he's a seeker, he's a seeker, he's a seeker. And he said, I'll reward those who diligently seek me. 
So I've got to be a student of the Word. It's got to be within the heart of me to say, I want to know God. I don't want to know God in theory. I want to know your peace, Lord. I want to know your love. I want to know your joy. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what ticks you off. Now go back in the Old Testament to 2 Chronicles 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. So I'm studying all this. I'm studying great men of the Bible. I'm studying great men that, that were alive not that long ago. Great men of faith. And you know what I found out of every one of them? You don't stumble across great faith. You don't luck into great faith. Man, when I begin to see how sold out men and women were, man, I begin to sense the Lord saying, elevate the bar. Elevate the bar. Come on, hang out with me more and more. Come around me. Fellowship at my feet. Now watch this passage here. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 1. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. He built a lath and he restored it to Judah after the king rested with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. Now watch this where we go. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, all to, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God. He sought God. The Amplified says he set himself to seek God. The New American Standard said he continued to seek God. Now I believe all this goes hand in hand when we go back to Hebrews 10, where it says, don't run, you're in need of endurance. What begins to happen is when I begin to purpose in my heart, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek Him day after day after day. That word sought actually means to frequent a place. So this tells me this guy made it a habit of seeking God. So when you go back and you look at the men and women of the Bible of, of the Faith Hall of Fame, you'll begin to see these were some persistent folk. So it says here, he, he sought God in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah was the priest there who had understanding in the visions of God. One translation specifically said, Zechariah had knowledge of the things of God. And so this young king right here named Uzziah, he begins to get around this godly man and he begins to pull on him and he sought the things of God from him and he said, man, I got to get a hold of this knowledge. I got to get a hold of the things of God day after day after day. And so he goes on to say, he sought God in the days of Zechariah to understanding in the visions of God and as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he frequent that place, God made him prosper. You know what you just see right there? You see the last part of Hebrews 11.6. He's a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I begin to see the Lord begin to really, really move in my heart and he begin to challenge me. And you know, as a human being, it's very easy to grumble and complain. 
it's very easy to almost have this thought, God, just, just throw it over the, the, the balcony of heaven and give it to me. But that's not how God plays. God looks for those who diligently seek Him. That means I've got to get in the Word. That means I come around Him day by day by day by day. You know, I, I told a story the other day about the great man of God, Smith Wigglesworth. Man, when I begin to read about him, it, it really moves me. And let me give you a little insight about this guy. He was a plumber. Arlen's a plumber. There you go. He had a godly wife, guys. He had a wife that loved him incredibly while he was a sinner. And the stories I begin to read that she would cook for him, she would clean for him, and it'd be time to go to church. And she'd say, Smith, come with me to church. And he'd say, I'm not going to that. And he said, I don't want you to go either. And she said, I'll submit to you in every area of my life. But she said, I submit to God over you. And she said, I'm going to go to church. Day by day, week by week, she'd go to church. And she said one day in the story that she goes to church. And she comes home and he'd gotten so mad at her for going to church. She locked him out, or he locked her out. She didn't bang on the door all night. She just put her little body up against the locked door and fell asleep. Slept outside all night. That's a good woman. I'd have took a switch to him. I, I probably wouldn't, I'm just saying. Next morning, he opens the door to, to, to go outside. She falls in. She gets up, and you're thinking, she's, what are you doing? She said, what do you want for breakfast, Smith? She loved him into the kingdom. And he got born again, and he began to get a hold of the things of God, and he began to consume him. And when I read about this guy, this is a guy who had nine different Cases where he raised people from the dead. Be dead. They'd show up at his house and he'd begin to pray over them. But you know what they said about Smith Wigglesworth? The only thing he would read was the Bible or books that had a lot of the Word of God in them. He would just continue to grab a hold of the things of God day by day by day by day. And they said when you would get around him, you just sense the things of God come out of him. That didn't just happen. So we see this, that God called this guy, caused this guy to prosper. Now, look at, look at verse 15 and verse 16. And this is what we'll end with tonight. And he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners, to shoot arrows and large stones. So Uzziah's fame spread as far and as wide, for he was marvelously helped. Do you know in he, um, Genesis 12, God says, I'll make your name great. It's beginning to happen right here. He said he was marvelously helped. Because here was a man of God that began to seek God. He trusted everything within him. But this, this verse ends until he became strong in his own eyes. And when we become strong in our own eyes, 
instead of seeking God, we start having the thought, look at me. And when you see the, the, the strong in his own eyes, that's pride. That's a man who, instead of seeking God and giving God the glory, he started thinking it was all because of him. I'm brilliant. How does that play in? 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Verse 16, watch. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Now, how's all that tie in? Remember the word perdition? The word perdition means destruction. So as long as we begin to seek God and we continue to seek God and it becomes a passion to go after the things of God, God will help you. God will bless you. God will make your name great. But any time where I come into my life and I begin to, to, to shut God out, to push Him aside, to say, I don't need you, God. I got money. I got everything. I'm telling you, you better get ready again because destruction starts coming into play. And so what would happen if we begin to pursue God and say, Lord, we want to we seek you unlike any other time in our life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, When you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, when I begin to read this, man, it stirs me. I want to be a seeker of God. So let me ask you some things. How often do you frequent the things of God? How often do you, you, you come before Him? See, we as human beings, we, we're really good at coming to God when we need something. But when we get it, yeah. And there's times we really, really seek Him. And then when we get those things, we, we back off. You know, I have a guy that went to school with me, and a couple weeks ago, he became deathly ill. He was down in Mexico, and they said, if we don't get him out of here and get him into the doctors in the United States, he's going to die. And so I, I, don't, I don't get on social media. I don't, if you do that, bless you, but I don't. If you ever try to get me on social media, you won't. <laughs> I just, I don't mess around with it, just, just my personal conviction. But anyhow, through social media, there were people that began to say, man, we got to stand and pray for him. we got to stand and pray for him. Well, I'm not against praying for people. But the ones that began to say that, they were people that hadn't been around God for 100 years. They didn't have anything to do with God. And want nothing to do with God. And I got real interested and thought, isn't it interesting right here that when the going gets tough, everybody expects God to become the life preserver. But what would happen if we just lived that way? We just continue to seek Him. We continue to call out to Him. And so again, I can tell you right now, God's a faith God. He's a faith God. And He loves it when we step out by faith and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you unlike any other time in my life. And I will tell you, this journey called faith, there's sometimes that my flesh freaks out. It's like, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.